Hello, Sobertown, and welcome. This is King 13 joining you today. And I've got a, a special, special, special guest. He's actually a really good friend of mine. But before I get to that, I'm going to just say, can you please um, go to the Sobertown website? We have a lot of tools and a lot of information there that can help. And it really is a one-stop shop for everything to do with sobriety. And I just want to give a shout out to, to the IAS community because most of us here that contribute, well, all of us here that contribute to Sobertown are members of, of IAS. And it really is a great app. It's free. It's a daily counter app. And you can go there, join, and just get a lot of support, meet a lot of friends, and make your sobriety a success. So with further ado, I am going to say good morning or good afternoon to you, because it's early evening, to my friend all the way in Ireland, Lilo, Lilo. I'm not going to say the other part. Lilo, how are you? Good, good afternoon, good morning, and good night. How are you, mate? I'm not too bad. How are you? Don't you be all coy with me. I know we don't worry, <laughs> listeners. He's just warming up. This guy <laughs> is a very, very funny Irishman. I was just chatting him to, to him actually about when I first got on the app and he was all over the place. And I was like, who is this guy? I like, he just had more posts than anybody, more followers. And I just kept reading about what it was, what, what he was going on about. And I was just intrigued. But then I got to know him and I realized very, very quickly that the one thing that we had in common was the love of music and we are now in a group together where he plays lots and lots of music some of which blows my eardrums off at five in the morning but he has great taste in music as do I I think um, I'm a lot older I have a bit more of a repertoire some not to his taste but most of it we do a pretty good job so our thing today is going to be basically having a sense of humor and sarcasm and music in sobriety because this is a really serious subject we take our sobriety sobriety very seriously and we work really hard at it so tell me how did you get into music Lolo? well growing up um my mother was big into country and western music she loved country and western and my brother, who's nine years older than me, he loved, like, I guess he was a big Elvis Presley fan. He was massive uh, for him. And so whenever I was growing up, I heard, like, all these uh, different um, genres. So my mum was, like, country western. My brother was, especially whenever that hit the 80s, my brother, like, everybody sort of, it was Prince landed and then Madonna came out and, like the 80s just blew up. There was David Bowie was there and Queen was massive and, you know, like all these here bands. And I was going to uh, high school and I had always liked sort of popular music and then I got crowd. <laughs> this crowd of people that uh, were listening to this heavier style of music. And I was like, what's this? And I didn't like it at the start. I was like, no, I don't like this. And then I started getting into it because they became friends and I started like uh, rock music and then uh, my music taste just developed over the years from a teenager right up until now, 48. Um, but I, the thing I love about music for me is it just takes you to a time and a place. And the thing I've learned with my sobriety anyway is that the lyrics change. So you could be listening to a song that you listened to 30 years ago and then you listen to it today and it makes it makes more sense you know it's it's kind of weird 
I, I always find these gems. I always find these songs. And I'm like, I haven't heard that in so long. And I put it on and it's like, oh my God, the message was there the whole time. Whereas maybe it's a 15, 16 year old spotty Irish boy, <laughs> like trying to chase the ground. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't really pay much attention. So music's been massive to me. And I know that when in the group that we're in, um, I encourage people to play more songs and go up and dance and to put tea towels in their head and dance mm -hmm. around <laughs> silly. Um, because life's too short. It really is too short. No, it is definitely, mate. And I was just saying, I, I could not have wished to have grown up in a better era. The 70s and the 80s for me were just pure gold. And I was just like, I used to love getting in trouble by my mum on a Saturday afternoon. Because what she'd say is, get to your room. And for me, that meant great. I get to rearrange my room and play music for three or four hours. And it was no form of punishment at all. It was absolutely my time to rock out. And even my sister, who's 10 years, she's the same age as you, 10 years younger than me. She turns around to me to the stage and she says, you know what? I know every song because of you. Because we had two girls in the family and one boy. And the boy got his own room and me and my sister had to share a room. So, you know, it influences many, many just genres and generations. My parents, I remember them dancing in the lounge room thinking, are they right? What are they doing? But my, you know, they were very romantic and all this sort of stuff. And, and again, my biological dad obsessed with Elvis Presley, like obsessed with him. Um, and the thing is with songs, do you remember when you'd hear a song, right? And I used to change the lyrics. You'd play around with a song and change the lyrics just for fun. Well, I do that now with music. Like say, I was listening to a song just before and it was a basically a love song. But if I turned put alcohol in there as a replacement it was really about how alcohol and I had broken up and it was really good like as you said it, you can interpret them in just such different ways now words are words are what you make it isn't it? it's a bit like sarcasm you can look at things two different ways yeah, well the, like, whenever we're talking music so whenever it came to getting sober and I, I hear a lot of people whenever you say IAS like so the I am sober app um, whenever I hear a lot of people at the beginning, they'll say, I, I, I can't listen to music because they, music was a big part of their drinking culture. So they, everybody can remember, like maybe had a, or a glass of wine or vodka, whatever it was they were drinking. And my bar, hub, whatever, was sitting in the living room, you know, so that was my, where I'm sitting right now, talking to you. So that was kind of like my thing. So I just thought, the glass of wine and put music on and me and my wife would have picked a song each and my wife likes listening to what I would call popular music so she would listen to Ed Sheeran and Pink and stuff like that and then so she would have her turn and then I would put on <laughs> Slipknot and Slayer and Crumb Suckers and like I want to name bands you're, you're, you're just nodding your head going yeah okay I've no then, idea who Crumb Sucker is it just yeah. sounds <laughs> Crumb Suckers yeah that being like, if there's anybody out there that knows who they are, they'll be sitting going, that guy's really cool because he knows this band and she doesn't yeah. have a clue what he's talking I about. I don't. I'm, I'm so, old, no, no, I'll take that. You, yeah, you want me uh, to hear you. Well, I know, like, so we used to play like a song each and then for me now, like I still collect, I still collect vinyl records and it just, you know, it's just an expensive hobby of mine, but um I remember whenever you were saying there about being banished to your room, like my room, as I was getting, I guess from 13, 14 upwards in high school, 
we used to always buy the, the magazines, like the Metal Hammers and the Kerrangs and that kind of thing. And you used to get the poster in the middle and you used to put like put more posters. Yes. The- and on your door, you had all the concert tickets, you know, all the concert tickets. You used to, you used yep. to just pick And the more concert tickets you had, the cooler you were. Because you were like, if you were 14 or 15 going to concerts, that was pretty cool. Like, okay. So, but my, my, my brother used to, because he was nine years older than me, he thought he was cool. And I guess if I was, I guess if I was 13 and 14, he was 21, 22. So he would have had posters up on his wall in his room and they were like half naked ladies. And he was listening to, <laughs> he was probably listening to Bross at the time, you know, when will I be famous and all this nonsense. And uh, I was nearly about, I was about to sing. <laughs> I was, was going to say Rick Astley more like it, never going to give you yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Rick Astley and stuff like that. And uh, so he was, he was setting the benchmark really high for me. <laughs> Listen to Bross. Exactly. pop music. Yeah. And uh, so he's probably, he probably, he started knocking on my door like four times, like all the time, like, because he, I would have been blaring mine. I'd have been blaring my heavy metal music. And uh, what was really funny was because he's nine years older than me, he would have come in and he would have been like berating me. It's like just taking the piss out of me saying like, you know, you think you're this cool and you're playing all this music. And he says, your, your walls are covered with men. <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> Every single poster <laughs> was all men. And I never thought of it yeah. like that. Oh, so he's like, yeah. he's coming back the big man. He's getting all the girls and stuff. And he's like, yeah, you've got posters of men all over you. Yeah, you're really cool. And I never really thought of it like that. And I just thought it was hilarious. So I had like Bon Jovi and Def Leppard. And then I got to Metallica and all these Megadeth and all these. But um, the funny thing is, to this day, he knows that I can put on a Duran Duran song or, or like a Spandau Ballet or, you know, and, I, and I'm transported back to him. And then I can put on a, uh Shaq and Stevens song and I think of my mum, you know, and it's just whenever people used to come into her house. But whenever people talk to me and they say that they can't play music because, you know, it's too sad, I'm saying, well, what are you playing? You know, what is it you're playing? Because I know whenever I first started here, one of the first songs was uh, a Nickelback song, How You Remind Me, and mm. it was covered by Avril Lavigne and it's on a piano and it's really, mm. really, Really, really cool cover. I love that. And I, yeah. I consistently, I'd have been in the shower, I'd have played it, I'd have been down making a cup of coffee, I'd have played that song over and over and over again because it spoke to me. It was just like, it was like, it's kind of sad and dark, you know, and it said talks about being at the bottom of the bottle and stuff like this. And uh, I still have it on my sober playlist. I have a sober playlist that it's maybe about 50 songs. I've kind of stopped putting songs onto it because I pick songs every day anyway. But that was one of the songs that started. And I, I'm looking back now. So I'm, I'll almost be a year and a half. Uh, this, is it this month, I think? Whenever, whenever I go to London in a couple of weeks' time, that's the very day that I fly to London, my wife and my kids, because it's her 40th birthday this month, um, that's the day that I am a year and a half sober. So that's really cool. But whenever I hear of people saying, oh, I can't listen to this, and I'm like, right, well, you need to... You know, you need to put music on because it really is the soul to everything for me anyway. It's whenever you pick a song and you put it up and I'm, I know what kind of mood you're in straight away, you know, just by the song. And then I, if, I, if I listen to a song I'm like, and I'm looking at the lyrics, the lyrics mean something totally different to you than what they do to me because 
we're different, right? Well, I think I'm a man. <laughs> You're a woman. I don't know. You've got a lot of facial hair, but then again, yeah. it could be genetic. <laughs> so we, so like, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna think differently. But if you, if you, if you pick a song and, and it hits it out of the park, you know, and everybody in that group or or IAS or whatever, and they like that. They, they'll turn around to you and they'll say, I really started off my morning really well because you picked a song I haven't heard in years and I was dancing around the kitchen and I had to go to work, but it just set me off in a, in a good vibe. And that's what it does for me. I, I didn't always start that way, you know, but I do, I, and I love it whenever other people pick songs. I just, I just think it's fantastic because it doesn't matter if you even like the song, you know, you might, you're not going to like everything. But if somebody's taking their time to to actually pick something, and then they you know they add your your name to it or something, they say, hey, "What do you think of this?" or you know they, they want to know how you feel about it. It's it, because it matters, and then you can have fun with it. And fun's the best part about this sobriety trip for me now. You know, yeah. I've been that. That's the thing for me. No, you're right. And the thing is, even when someone says, like I'll often say, "Oh, I was thinking of you," and I'll play a song because I had that particular person in mind, you know, or I was thinking about them that particular day. And you're right, I woke up in a really good mood this morning because you, my friend, put on one of my favourite Irish comedians, Jamoin. And for those of you listeners that do not know him, YouTube him, he's absolutely hilarious. And he was doing a skit about the different looks with raising your eyebrow. <laughs> so I don't know. I I couldn't I couldn't even begin where to start. But I don't, I don't know. You, and Mrs. Brown, Mrs. Brown and Jamoin were born out of Ireland, and they are just oh, they're gold. They're just gold. They really are. So I you, go to that sort of stuff when I'm feeling yuck. You, you know that. You know that the the, the IAS community where we start up. So when everybody start, whenever if anybody who listens in, in sober time and. You pick us. Uh, there's there is other um, sites there, but if you go to I Am Sober and you start counting your days and you you just start becoming a part of that community, that community whenever I started in it over three years ago was totally different to what it is now. You couldn't even reply to people, and uh, now you can. And then um, obviously the the Zoom meetings were growing out of that. And then there was sober time and it's, I mean, it's just been absolutely fantastic. And we have a lot of stories that are on there that are hard to listen to. There's some really sad moments mm. for people and stuff. And I've done mine and, you know, I couldn't have done that on my own. I needed help to do that. But the one thing that I always, that the longer I go in sobriety, the more fun I have and it's just, it's, it's, taken, it's taken time, but I've been given a platform to be silly and zany. And uh, so whenever I go on to Zoom, uh, whenever I see new people, like even yesterday, whenever me and you were on the Zoom thing, I hadn't met some of the people before. And you kindly uh, introduced me in your own special way. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you know him? Do you know this? Do you well know him? <laughs> I know, I can't help it, you know. It's just, I come from a place of love, really, I do. I just don't always sound like it. But, you know, I knew they'd figure it out in five minutes before, and I had met these people before. And, you know, you were saying you were even surprised. And we were talking about the, the seriousness of this of this particular 
uh, addiction that we we have and with a lady that was there and she was five years sober and again she was back to what 30 odd days and you were like whoa whoa and it just puts everything back into perspective doesn't it it's like wow i really do have to keep my eyes open and keep working on this and it can happen to anybody and i hear this a lot i mean my brother-in-law was the same after eight years yeah nine years but for me now it's um I, i've spoken to other people but um to have like whenever i say to have fun that, that's okay for me I don't mean like if there's somebody out there who I I, I think like say seventy percent of the app are women or maybe more or say seventy percent of the app are you know like people who have just got a really bad habit of drinking and maybe it's turned from one or two nights a week to three and four and then it's the slippery slope starts and then you know, it becomes a thing. And then there's, there's, you do like people label themselves alcoholics and this and that. And I've always, I, I labeled myself an addict and I've said this before. And, but the thing is, um, there's people out there that need more than just an app. There's people out there that need, you know, medical help and rehab. And I'm not coming on here to say, oh, let, let's have fun and, you know, um, <laughs> let's just talk and say whatever we want to say because that's not going to that's not going to help people at the start what i'm here for and the, the music part of it is whenever i say to have as much fun as you can it's like whenever you get to a certain part of your sobriety and you get into recovery you really need to remember um why you were doing it in the first place and it doesn't have to be a sad thing that can be a recomp like we've all had had our dark days and we've all had like really sad times and we're going to have more of them in the future there's going to be things that will happen really stressful things that will happen to us um somebody could lose a job you could have less money you might not be able to provide the way you used to be able to we're in a pandemic um you could have family loss in our group there's been lots of like our small group off that so people will talk about discord or facebook or twitter or whatever you're doing instagram whatever or little group that we have big shout out to the our group um there's like what 21 of them, 21 people and mm -hmm. we we have went through a lot in a short space of time like we've mm -hmm. there's been loss there's been um birthdays there's been you know like uh, illnesses people, yeah yeah uh, illnesses and then there's been really really big highs of people hitting certain milestones and you know we all celebrate as one we all pick ourselves up as one and that's where the fun part comes in for me because i love to share as much as i can and i suppose it's different being a being a man like there's not many men that are you know would share as much as probably what i do but um the fun part for me is putting a smile on somebody's face every single day and going on to a zoom call and picking somebody out that's you know they're nervous or you know they're they've been crying at the start they can't even get their name out and at the end of it they're laughing because this irish guy has just said like something really daft or but something meaningful at the start but by the end my goal is to make sure they come back the next week so they feel comfortable they want I learned something about alcohol, but alcohol, like, you know what, there is something else, you know, we can, we can find laughter in other things. So even just last week, I just said, does anybody want a coffee? <laughs> I'm outside Starbucks. 
I'm in the drive, man. And I'm like, you know, and I'm saying, you know, I'm putting out their door grip. And all of a sudden, there's all these pictures of people buying coffees, their favorite coffees. And it's just something simple like that. And these coffees are all over the world. So I'm taking one in Ireland, somebody's taking one in America, somebody's taking one in the United yeah. And these are just small little thing that makes a big, big difference. I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And it's humble humility too. Like you said, you know, the sarcasm, I don't know, that's just part of me. And in Australia, we might do things a little bit differently. But as serious as this is, I want to be, I've been through the pain. Now I want it to be as painless as possible within my recovery. And maybe we are talking to people who are a little bit more down the track because lo and behold, I was in a podcast yesterday where I talked about the pain of the first two weeks and I don't even forget that. And I couldn't listen to sad music. I couldn't watch a sad movie because I, at the time when I was drinking, I hadn't really dealt with a lot of the, that pain and sadness that was inside of me. Now that I've sort of, I'm good with it, I can manage my emotions better. I can listen and appreciate what these songs are for. But I, I mean, I like motivational, upbeat music. I always have. And that's, you know, that's what gets me going. And it's because I think in my career, I had to motivate people. And so I had to play music for them twice a day, morning and, and the afternoon. And so I was forever picking music. And, and it really does put people in a good mood. Um, and it's interesting because El Webby said yesterday sometimes about, you know, what you think will be will be. If I think I'm going to be in a bad mood, I'll end up in a bad mood. If I think I'm going to be happy and I want to be happy, then maybe I can just turn around and make myself happy. You know, we've sort of, yeah, music moves you in many, many ways. And I'm, I'm appreciating all of the arts now, you know, whether it's theatre, whether it's music, whether it's humour. Um, just laughing more, you know. Laughing is just a brilliant, brilliant thing. And I've got some therapeutic benefits that I'll just go through quickly. It says laughter is the greatest medicine. And my father always said that. And equalizer, it decreases your defensiveness and your anxiety, which I'm all for that. It releases the endorphins in the brain that fight the physical pain. And it's actually good for chemically dependent clients experiencing withdrawal. Maybe I should have laughed more in the first 14 days. <laughs> I wasn't laughing much then, I can tell you. Um, laughter protects our immune system. It increases antibodies that fight infection. It increases the natural killer cell activity and the natural killer cells attack cancerous cells in our body. I've heard of actually people doing this mind stuff, eh, to kill, to kill um, issues that they have going on. It's, it's incredible. It decreases stress, hallelujah, and it activates neurochemicals in the brain such as dopamine and thus acts as an antidepressant. So people out there, Get laughing because you know what? It's gonna it's gonna fix a lot of the things that you know you're feeling maybe not so good about. Yeah, so, and I'm no and I'm no professional, by the way. This is actually <laughs> research that I've done from Mrs. Google. It's, I see, whenever you like, some people come on and they'll ask me questions, and I say like, okay, there's lots of self help help books out there, and I and I have some, and I don't read them all the time. I'll, I'll if I if I feel as if I need a boost. I I look into one that that um, that grabs my attention. But uh, I guess at the start of my of this current run that I'm on, uh, I did I do I dove in like big time. I just thought right, I'm, I want to learn everything I can about alcohol and stuff. And then I don't know, but this time round I was 
uh, on IAS, they, um, so I would have pledged every morning and it, it just didn't work for me. And, but I didn't know that. So every morning I was getting up and I was pledging and I, I, I want to stay sober today. I was doing that every single day. And every time I looked at that counter, it was just a reminder of each time. And, but other people out there have to do that. You know, they just need, need to have that. So there is just, there's just one thing, like between mm. me and you, there's one thing that's different already. And there's going to be thousands. That's why it's really, mm. really hard. That's whenever people say, but I want to be like him. I want to do what he does. I want, to, I, I want to have a laugh like him and play music, but I can't do that because my circumstances might be different or, you know, my relationships might be different or my family or whatever. So it's all about finding these things. And I, like, I couldn't have done all this without the support that I have. And I say that like with the warmest heart and the most respect that for people that I've never met, you know, that mm. I are dear, dear friends to me. And so it's, when it, this time around I, I didn't pledge, and, but I do have this uh, that I wear, this, I've, I've said this here in a, another uh, podcast that I've done with Drifter. So I still have the, the AA uh, uh, necklace thing. Uh, this is actually a new one. But I put that on every morning and I'm not, I don't do an AA program, but I just love the sign. I just love the circle and the triangle. I just loved it. I thought it symbolized, it just, it just struck a chord with me. And, uh, but I'll say to people like, okay, it's really hard the first few weeks, months, whatever, but then you have to start, you, you, you do start to find yourself. And what made you tick? You know, like everybody will say, oh, I had so, so much fun when I was drinking. And that maybe that could have been true. I, like I had a conversation with somebody today. And we were talking about all the times I used to go out, and I oh I had a really good night, or that was a brilliant holiday, or you know all these things, you know these romantic romantic things come up in your head, and you sort of think about it, romanticize your drinking habits. Mm-hmm. And then I was sitting there thinking to myself, but was it a good night, or like did I really have a good time? Like, because I can't remember much of it, and I was dying the next day. I was really, really ill, and I was really sick, and I'd done it again, 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 again. So, for most people out there, they have this internal battle where they're convincing themselves that all the time they had a really, really good time, and maybe sometimes they did, but a lot of the time they didn't. And whenever you, it's just really easy to write down on a piece of paper. You have your left side and your right side, and you, on the left-hand side, you write, okay, this, this is the times where I had a good time. So you can maybe say, okay, that birthday was, I, I, that was memorable. There was 30 people, oh, I drank so much that night, and I, I guess I was sick the next day, but I remember that 18th birthday or whatever it was. And then the right-hand side, you write down, oh, my 18th birthday, I fell, I broke a finger, uh, I didn't get my taxi home, you know, I, I puked to my mum's sink, <laughs> you know, all these all these things that you can't remember. And then you talk to other people there, oh, your 18th birthday was a disaster, mate. You know, like, you thought it was a good time, but, you know, like, everybody was fighting by the end of it, and, you know, that you didn't speak to your brother for six weeks. You no, know, and the, but you forget all them things, because you say to yourself, I had a really good night because I was drinking. So then whenever you change it, you turn it around, and then people say to me, what's the buzz and how do you have fun? Well, honestly, <laughs> I, I wish somebody had to kick my ass a long, long time ago. I'm 48 years old and I wish I had learned this 
I'm not going to say whenever I was a teenager because I, I had to go through all the things that I went through. But mm-hmm. if somebody's 28, like some people are on Zooms, and they're really young and they're 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 doing this. They maybe mm-hmm. like down the line or a year, and, and I'm like looking at them, going, "Wow." But they're looking up to me, as I have to say, like, just because I'm a year and a half, they're like, yeah, but you're, you're really doing it. I'm, lo- I'm looking at them like, no, you're the star because you're, you got this before me. And yes, I might be on my way, but like, you're the real superstar here. And I love that. I love being able to look at the younger people and saying, you know, there's a p- few people in my group, you know, that are uh, a, a slightly younger than me that do sort of annoy me, you know, because, you know, they're, they're, they're better looking and you know happier within themselves and play better songs and they know who they are <laughs> but um, you know life in general for me is really really good you know and I, I wanted to come on here and I wanted people to know because we all do tell our stories and we all um, we all have really really difficult issues to go through a pandemic is it like that's I mean getting sober in a pandemic in itself is like <laughs> unbelievable we chose to say right okay i'm not only going to try and make a difference to my health i'm just going to try and hang in there for my children my my family and say like we can get through this and that's a positive step to take already you know you want to beat this bloody thing to hell with covid like you know what we want to try and beat this and i want to be able to meet my friends that have got me sober you know the likes of yourself and countless other people on there i'm not going to name their names because then the regal will be bigger than mine. And so we don't we with the mark of Yeah, all. you'll piss the ones off you don't mention. Yeah, if you if you forget one person, they're like, I was listening to your podcast the other day and it was Yeah, it will be the one person you forget. Especially if it's UK. I'm trying to do UK one day. I was listening to your podcast the other day, it was spiffingly good. And uh, but uh, you didn't mention my name and uh, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm going to tell everybody at IAS how bad you are. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you know, in our group especially, that um, through all the sad times, honestly, the support on there is unbelievable. And yeah. um, the, the other thing is too, like whenever you, you're setting up these interviews, I know that Polly is fantastic at doing her thing and she she supports women so much and so do you and I love the women's groups even though I can't be a part of them I'm still trying to grow and get in through the back door and uh, yeah we caught you last <laughs> so we can be cut you out <laughs> yeah I was like but um you know like all the all the, the groups that you do um for for women it's fantastic and then you know for men you know I'm I'm in a I, I'm in under no illusions like I'm in a group with women and I respect them all. I think it's just because of what, the way I was, the way I was brought up with my mum and my mm-hmm. grandmother. Like I just have so much time. And then, as you say, you didn't really know how, how to get to know me. And Drifter was the same. I remember whenever I'd done the podcast with Drifter and he, he was like, I don't know how I'm going to get on with this guy because I don't know who, who has, he, he can't have this amount of energy. He can't really be, you know, like he's is this guy cracked up or what, you know? And then you find out the the, the layers underneath, you know, and underneath all this bravado. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a real heart of gold. A wee pot of gold there, there is. And, you know, and I, yeah, a little leprechaun, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's, that's, that's rich coming from him about the energy because you know how much energy that one's got. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, you know. But, yeah, look... <laughs> 
It is good. And, I, you know, we do want to touch on it's not easy in those first two weeks. And I've been talking about this a fair bit to people that, you know, if you're out there and you are having a rough time of it, take it from someone like Lilo here. How many times do you reckon you reset? How many times do you reckon? <laughs> that's actually, you know why I'm laughing? Because that's like the best joke. I swear. <laughs> right. Okay. I'll just I mention it on my, my bestie. I'm going to mention Rags because she uh, she had asked me this before. She was like, I, I don't really know your story or what. Like, and I said, if you, if you rewind to the start of IAS, if you go back, and I, because I post it so many times, yeah, like I, I was posting two or three times a day. And I yeah, like, I know. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I know. That's how I got I, to know you. Yeah, so I thought to myself, like, if you can rewind 15 years of your life <laughs> to try and catch up on day one, go ahead, go and, go and find out. And all of a sudden I got this reply. It was like, how many times did you, like, reset? That, that's that's mad. Like, you, you went awake and then you reset and then three days reset and then five days reset. I said, yeah, I didn't really know what I was doing. didn't know if I was just trying to count some days in between and... So I'm really high up there when it comes to reset. Mm. And, uh, but then I had, I, I remember uh, before I even looked for an app, I think the longest I'd ever went in my lifetime was like four months. I'd asked my wife and she'd said, I think it's about three and a half, four months. And I, I had no, I, I can't even remember why I'd done it. You know, I just, I just on this run on my own. There was no apps, there was no internet. And I guess there was no, the, the, the amount of information that you guys give is unbelievable for, for people now. And we learn every day. But so I had my 56 days, my 63, then 85. I could never get to that 100. That 100 was really a goal that I never set myself. It was other people had got to there before. And I just thought that would be really cool if I could get to 100 days. But I couldn't do it. And you're saying like two weeks was hard. And, like for me, whenever I got the three weeks, I just had a euphoria moment. I was like, this is really good because physically I felt good. I wasn't being sick. I didn't, you know, I didn't have sweats and, you know, I wasn't relying on it. And I thought, right, I'm okay. But every every time I got like two months, Debs, honestly, that was really hard for me because you convince yourself you're okay. And that's whenever you really have to dig, dig in. And people say about the white knuckling and pause, you know, all these different um, terms for, you know, uh, getting sober and it's really really cool to look up and it's really really good to know about mindsets and all these different things but I just I think all them resets are like I know you draw call them slips I think I heard you say before it's like mm -hmm. a slip. Mm -hmm. two steps forward one step back type thing but I mean I still learned a lot from each one you know I learned that nothing's going to change for a start like if I pick up a drink it's not one it's 21 plus fat you know, it's never, it's never going to change that way. I was always a bench drinker. I always would have blared music and danced around with a tea towel over my head and uh, <laughs> like a lunatic. You know, but guess what? I can still put a tea towel over my head and dance like a lunatic. And but I didn't have the confidence to do that. Alcohol took my confidence away. It took my self esteem away. Mm. It took every single thing that I thought about myself. And now I can seriously, not no joke, <laughs> this is no joke. I can I, I, I have the confidence to turn around and say the most bizarre things to people. Now I'm a Zoom or 
Or if I'm, if I'm in our group or if I'm talking to someone privately, I can turn and say, yeah, I'm sexy. Deal with it. I don't care. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm, 40, I'm 48 years young. I'm not 48 years old. I'm 48 years young. And like, you know, and just be, I don't care. I can say whatever I want. Um, nobody's going to stop this guy having a smile on his face. And even people in work, like I call them, you know, the Debbie Downers? The, yeah, the, the, the yeah times when I'd like to change my name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, I was one of them. I was. I was like... Well, uh, I too in the end, yeah. I was, I was bad. But I didn't realise that all these people... I, I posted an IS uh, a few days ago and sort of touched the subject about anybody who brings you down or doesn't add anything to your life, there's no point. You know? But at that time, if you're, if you're a drinker and you want to be with a drinker, then you're miserable anyway. So, you know, you're just, you're, you, you are, you're just miserable. And you just pour this misery on top of one another and you just yeah. spread just misery. Misery loves company, mate. Misery loves company. It's misery business everywhere. And what I find now is that even with the slightest thing, so I read a book and then I sent it to our friend Karina. And uh, I read that book and I knew she, that she had been interested in it. And I, I said, where, where, where do you want me to send this? And I signed it and I sent it to her and it cost me about, eight. it cost me more money to post it than it would have been for her to buy yeah, a book. Yeah. And I let her know that. I let her, I reminded her, you know, like, what is the second part? Well, you might have to buy that one yourself. But, uh, but I didn't you know, but the, that was the thought. She knew the thought was there. And it was just such joy. It was a joy to read myself. It was a joy to pass on to someone else. It was the same with music. And then, like I was talking about rags, like rags has sent me, sent me a t-shirt long ago. And that is, that's priceless to me. That's a priceless, priceless thing. And she sent my wife and kids chocolates and and there's another bowl and stuff and a lovely, lovely letter. And that you get you find um friendships in the most unlikeliest of places. Mm-hmm. You know, you're coming on here to try and get sober. You don't think you're going to meet friends for a lifetime. Um that's the really people people sort of say, Oh, I'm trying to get sober, but you know, um, this is getting me down and that's getting me down. And, well, this is mentally hard and this is physically... Nobody, when do we talk about... I didn't get... get I, did I realise I was going to get a bonus? The bonus was I had all these friends and all these people that care about me and that really, really start to understand that, yeah, I just want to have fun. I, like, I'm 48 years old. Uh, I'm married to a person who... I thought that just puts up with me, you know, because you, you, I was drinking for so long. And I have these beautiful kids. And I remember telling people before, like, I would have said, I'm never drinking again. I'm doing it for my kids. God damn it, I'm going to do it for these kids. And I just kept drinking. And I, because it had its claws in me. And they never seen me really, really drunk. Like, and it was maybe a handful of times. And, but I, I couldn't do it for them. And that's weird to say that. You know, because I like I class myself as a really good father, but mm-hmm. if I look back, I'm like, wow, I, I couldn't I couldn't stop for them. Like I, I would if a bus was coming and it was going to hit one of them, I would dive out from that. You know, I, I would do that in a heartbeat, but I can't do that because of alcohol. It's like that's weird, and so that's when it really hit me. And then I'll do it for my mom. I'll do it for my brother. I'll do it for my wife. I'll do it for I'll do it for the postman. 
I'll do it for the bad man. I'll do it for the window cleaner. God damn it, just do it for someone. <laughs> I couldn't do it. And I was like, why is this such a big deal? And then I said, I'm going to do it for myself. Okay, I'll do it for myself. And then I started doing it for myself. And then guess what? Who benefited? My kids benefited. My wife benefited. The window cleaner benefited. Because he's, he's, <laughs> he actually calls around too many times to wash my fucking windows. And I'm paying far too much. So if, if he's listening, <laughs> he's listening right off. You know, so... Um, and yeah. the postman got a Christmas card. <laughs> but the postman, the postman's actually quite nice right now, right? You know, he is Irish. <laughs> He's like, there you go. morning to you. Have done the morning early. How are you doing there, boy? Yeah. That's not too bad, mate. Cheers. Thanks for that other brown bill. Yeah, that's another, that's another bill I have to pay. Yeah. Because, I did uh, say card, not check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's the interesting part, going back to the very, very beginning, because someone who tried and tried like yourself, okay, and there we see, we've only got to go to day zero on the I Am Sober app, and we see all these people there, and you see, you hear comments, I'm here again, oh, you know, I'm still trying. I mean, the poor people, I read it, and I just shake my head, because the pain comes back to me of what I felt when I was there. I had no tools, I was unprepared, I went in just stopped and didn't know what the hell I was doing, was hit with all these emotions, pain, vomiting, you name it. What do you think clicked for you? Because like you said, you did it for yourself. Your motivation is your family. And I've, I've talked a lot about motivation and having to have that and continue to have that. Because when the, there are times that you may be challenged or the, the addict voices in your head or whatever it may be, you might be stretched like, why did I start this in the first place? And I always say, go back to basics. But what do you reckon changed for you in that first, like, and made it stick this time? Um, there's two or three things. The first one was the hundred days. Once I finally got to hundred days, because I like as I said, I've done the fifty six days, and that was that was good. That was good sober time for me. Anybody listening to this, if you're like if you're drinking two or three, four times a week, and you do over fifty days, like, and if you if you did have a slip, what what's better? Is it is it better to have fifty days of sobriety and then? Okay, you might, you might, you know, it's not the end of the world. Everybody beats themselves yeah. up, like, oh my god, like I, I couldn't do it. And you're sitting there saying that's several weeks of like you give your body a break, and then yeah, okay, like there's people who's done ten years sober, and then for for some reason they've they've picked up a drink. So, you know, did did they waste their time? No, they 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 find a way to to stop drinking. But for me, it's I've always said this. I said. Um, I, I've had a few mantras in my, my time whenever I'm talking to people and I, I didn't realise that it meant so much to other people. So whenever I, so I say, whenever I got to 100 days, I just seen that, the, the, the triple digits. I was like, wow, that really meant something to me. And I was like, that's, that's something to, that, and then you've got something to build on. And people will say like, you know, do a 90 days experiment. That's really cool. If you do a 30 days, you know, if, if you want to do like a 30 day programme or just to see how, how you go. Um, and that's really hard, especially if you're just starting out. Like 30 days seems like a mountain. Do you know what I mean? If you've, if you've been drinking six days a week, it's like 30 days is a lot. So whenever I got to 100 days, I, I just thought, right, okay. I've tried this so many times and now, I've, right, now I'm going to build on this. And I went through the pink cloud. You know, everything was just sunshine and rainbows and everything was just, everything was right in my life and nothing was going wrong. It was just fantastic. Then I sort of leveled out a bit, and you know, and but then I, the more times I do Zoom things, I remember saying to somebody that um, about start dates. So um, 
some a lot of people you'll you'll notice, especially in IAS, you'll know when their start date was because when it comes around September and if they're posting up, oh, I'm in nine months, you know you're sitting there going, oh, you're a New Year's Day type of guy or girl because mm-hmm. that's when you start. Yep. Yeah. Months or somebody starts on Christmas or on their birthdays or something like that. The 26th of April had no meaning to me whatsoever. If I wanted to have a start date and being the fool that I am, I'd have picked the April Fool's Day. That would have been perfect. <laughs> that would have been perfect for me. When was, when was your start date? First of April. Hello. You know, I've arrived. I hear Alan. It was the 26th of April and my son had came to stay and he's had issues with drinking and um, he stayed with me for six weeks and I just kept going and I said to somebody in a Zoom call, I was like, you know, you, you don't pick your start date, your start date picks you. So if you think of your start date, uh, does it mean, the, does your date mean something to you? Maybe it does, but for me, it was like, this just happened to be this particular day. So that resonated with people and they were like, gee, my, that's mad when you think about it because I didn't, you know, like, I, some people turn and say, I didn't pick the 13th of December. Like, I don't understand why. That's that's what, that's what I thought. I thought anyway, I was like, whenever you, their start date picks you because you don't know when, you're, when your run's going to keep going. You know, you could be, you could do a couple of days and then have a slip. But then all of a sudden, the, the, the couple of days after that, that's your new start date. And then that becomes the date that you got sober. And that, that really stuck out for me. And then I always said, this was a lifestyle choice. I didn't want to make alcohol the be all and end all of everything for me. I just mm. had to be least, the least on my mind. So whenever I see people who are struggling, and especially ones who, are, who have been doing this for a long time, and they say, I'm really struggling today, I'm like, okay, I'm worried because um, we've been doing this together for a long time. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun and you're struggling. And, I've I've had loss. I've had family loss. I've had lots of stuff from work. I've had this pandemic to deal with. I've had my mum's health issues, but I still find joy in every single day because I get it. I get it now, you know. And so I want everybody to try and if you're listening to this, it's like uh, whenever I say a lifestyle choice, I just mean every single part of your whole life yeah. changes whenever you. Mm-hmm. It's not just alcohol it's like get the music on go for a walk you know, do something brand new it doesn't have to happen overnight you know I've, I've heard people are start just taking up reading like reading is the easiest thing to do you can get a library card you can do it for free you can do audio books if you can't be bothered you know there's so many things you can learn and uh, that's how I escape and then there's uh, you know I, I try to Whenever I said lifestyle choice, that sort of resonated with rags. Then my our good friend, and she was she was like, uh, right, some some clicked with her. She was like, okay, I I, I get what you mean. It's, I can have fun now. I I can do all the, I can still do all these things in my life, but that makes more sense because you've labelled it a certain way. And that's never she she put the the end bit. She says it's not a death sentence. So I'd said a lifestyle choice, and she said this death sentence thing, mm-hmm. and that. It back to me, and I'm sitting going, Wow, that's really cool. And so I stole her, but yeah, I, I was gonna say I, that one's done the rounds a few times, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a good so one, I, it's a good one, yeah. 
I put up my ass. I said, this is a lifestyle choice, not a death sentence. <laughs> she was like, that was my line. What are you doing? You're stealing stuff off me. I said, that's what I do. I pretend Another I know. Another sober thief. Another sober yeah. thief. Yeah. And I know what I'm talking about. But if, we, if I was a Mr. Know-it-all, I don't want to be that person. I always want to learn. I always learn. I learn far more every single day. The more I do this, the more I, the more energy I get, the more I, the more times I wake up in the morning, just this morning, I, I put up that thing up in our group, you know, it just made me laugh. I, I always say to people, like, just try and find something. If, you, if you've had a really crap day, what is it that makes you tick? What is it that makes you laugh? Go and stick something on YouTube, get a clip of somebody. There's nothing like laughter and music put together. It's just, it's, it's really, 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 uh, that, that's what keeps me going. And if, like, if I didn't have that, I'd be in big trouble. You know, I'd be sitting there going, well, that's, what's the point? You know, you have to find something that makes you laugh and makes you want to get up in the mornings and say, right, okay. Because the people who are having, like people say, when does the cravings go away? That's probably one of the top questions that newcomers mm. say. Mm-hmm. When does the cravings go away? I know. I'm like, I'm having like so many cravings. I'm like, yeah, that, that'll last for long. That'll last for however long it takes for you to you know find a way that suits you that's the honest answer it's it could take three months you could be lucky it could be, take nine months and uh but through all the fun and laughter and music that we play there's also one other thing that we have is respect and we listen to each other so much and then you become a family you become an online family and guess what happens through that you start to love one another and that is the key. It's like you've had all this drama and you've had all this uh, bad news and everything's been negative and you've had all these people and friends that you thought were friends and they're not anymore and you, you go through all that and then you find people, like even now I still rely on everybody because there's not many sober people that I know and living in Ireland you know, it's not like we have a, a sober club. <laughs> have a pumpkin ice coffee and, and I get I get a hug. <laughs> you, know, you, can't, you, can't, you can't get our hugs, you know. So I still come on here, but the love that's shown, it shines through. It really, really, really does. It's fantastic. Like and I, that 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 gives me joy. Like I start to you know me. You know me now. It's like as you said at the top of this, you didn't really know who this guy was. And I find that bizarre. You know, I, I find it funny whenever people say certain things. Somebody will say something really nice about me, Debs. And I don't, I just didn't know how to take it. I was like, okay, I can't, I, you know, as an, as an addict or an alcoholic, whatever you want to call it, we don't really take praise very well, do we? We're like, oh, no, 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 I don't want any of that. No, thanks. Uh, move on. Yeah, no, I didn't do this for you. You've done that all yourself. And then, but I think as my sobriety goes along, I'm actually getting used to people saying, oh, you said something there and it really helped. And now I've started to say, oh, thanks, that's great. Thanks very much. Yeah, you'll learn Easier. to say thank you. Because that's a big one. Yeah, because if I turn around and I say, oh, no, 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 and get all defensive, it's actually, it's not, it's not, it's not going to help them because they're like, they're just trying to be nice. Do you know what I mean? So I, now I'm just trying to pass it on. So I'm like, bring on the prayers. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the- a bit like a slap in the face to them because they've done something out of, you know, the, they've yeah. sincerely said something and you've, you've just sort of gone, counteracted exactly what they've said. And 
it's it's so interesting because I don't know about you, but I used to have a lot of trust issues, and a lot of the time, particularly in relationships, I didn't really have I didn't have a, a reason to distrust that I know of. But it went back further than that, and I was talking to people about this, you know, prior that we come into this app and these groups, and there is no getting to know you there is no hey what are you doing here <laughs> how did you get here who do you know you land in this pool of people and very quickly you, the bonds there you're there for the common reason and i learned to trust that's been a huge one for me i trust the people that i talk to from this community and i've shared some things with some people that i haven't shared with some close close friends in a very long time because i truly feel they get it i truly yeah. feel they get it and you get the same back and that that's just pure honest gold friendship you can't get any better than that as far as i'm concerned you just yeah. can't and short amount of time too yeah it's it's crazy because like as i say like i was i've been on that app for about three years 2018 i think i was on that and then Whenever the Zoom calls started, uh, it took me six months before I even joined one. I thought that's not for me. I wasn't confident enough. I know. I, yeah, I was a bit. I was actually nervous because I thought yeah. they're all probably really clicky, and I'm not going to like anybody, and they're probably just going to, you know, barge all this crap into my brain, and I'm just going to be sitting there, and they're going to put me on the spot. All this isn't it funny how you again don't assume because you know what that yeah. does, and you know you know the answer to that. Honestly, I'm not joking. There's some people that come on to a Zoom call and I have, you know, like I've been on there for, for a long time and somebody will turn and say, do you not remember me? Because you've been one of the first people who replied to me in IAS. <laughs> I, oh, get me a shovel. Get, let me dig a little, a little deeper here because I can't remember who, who each person is. Yeah, that, that, and... Uh... Oh, How many God. followers did you tell me that you had before you cut things back? Uh, That'll I, explain it. That'll explain why. Go on. I think it's about 450 or 500. Yeah, 400. I mean, hello. How would you? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? And that was probably in foggy brain time too before you got your clarity back. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, like, I think whenever you put yourself around and you know, support so many people, and I, I needed that. I, I, I needed the, yeah. I, I needed, look, I'm not lying. I needed the attention. I, I, I was an attention yeah. seeker. I needed, I needed to buy something. I needed to have fun. I needed to have, you know, kindred spirits and find, you know, something. And, but as I said to you before we started this, it's, it's cool to move over a bit, take a wee bit of a sidestep and let the newcomers come in and let them have their time. Because that community is so big that you just can't, you can't keep up with it and then, you kind of, you get to a stage where you feel bad about the ones, you know, that I, I do feel bad if I haven't heard from somebody for a while, but that means that they're doing really well in their life. You know, they've, they've, they've maybe moved on a bit and they've, you know, they, they've got sober and they're in recovery now and they're, they've got a new job and they've got a new house, they've moved somewhere else and they, they just don't have the same time. It doesn't mean that they're any less of a person. It just means that they've, they've cracked it and that's, that's really, really cool thing about our the group that was set up it's, it's, it's quite a small group and I don't have any I don't have anything else Debs I don't have uh, I don't do Twitter I don't do Instagram I don't do me neither me neither I, I don't have any, anything else so whenever I do my Zooms on a Wednesday night 
I do it because it's it's the time that suits me. And whenever I drop into IAS now, whenever like there was, I think even yourself replied to me, and I'm like, I know I, I could reply to every single person that left a comment, but then I'm drawn back into that sort of thing, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I could spiral back into that person, you know, that took up so much time. Whereas in our group, you know me, I'm I'm probably on there too much. Like I I go I go on in the morning, I'll pick a song, or I'll you know I'll, I'll put up a funny. Uh, clip, or, you know, to, to make somebody smile or something, I'll do a recording. You know, I'll do uh, Cletus or uh, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed Ted. I hope he comes to visit. He won't show up. I heard today. he's been in rehab himself, actually. He's getting a personality. Ted, has, Ted, Ted definitely does have a personality uh, complex. He's a he's a crazy one, that one. He's okay. Cletus, he just wants to make friends in a strange just, way. I think he's going to get married to somebody. There's somebody who's, who's not too far away from me who's going to, who's going to get married to them, but that would not well, happen. Yeah, I, I think I changed my mind. He, he didn't turn out to be who I thought he was. Sorry, sorry, my life. No, he was. He was. It's like, yeah, I, I, I like your profile, but then I seen your picture, mate, and it wasn't just. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just swipe left at another one. I had a few wrinkles given, but I've had a bit of a facelift since then, so maybe it'll, you know. Okay, Lilo, so we were talking about the fact of what made it work for you this time. And I, like you, was just, well, I was thrilled to get to double digits. It was like, oh, wow, you said 100 for you, right? And it does become significant. And you said that you don't pledge these days. Um, I do. And I've sort of said, in my mind, I've said I'll pledge up until about a year and then I'll see what happens. Because I don't know, it's a bit like you wearing that pendant. And I wear, I've just showed you, I wear one too, um, yeah. which is the serenity prayer that was given to me. But I wear it with pride. And maybe that's your pride that you wear here because it was given to you by your wife. Do you know what I mean? By your wife and you wear, that's wearing your sobriety with pride. Yeah. But the thing with this here, uh everybody's symbol and stuff like that. Um, whenever my wife bought me mine, it was actually me who picked it out. She just wanted to buy it mm. for me. Yep. Uh, I, I was looking for something and I'm about like yourself. Like, so I, I never, I never wore anything around my neck ever. And then no, I don't no, wear okay. a watch. I'm one of them. I'm like, I don't have, the only ring I have is my wedding ring. I don't, I don't really buy anything else, you know, but that's funny because I did uh, uh, speak before about, you know, when about having fun and playing music and stuff and dancing around the kitchen like an idiot. But I do like it whenever I do like, like some people turn around and say, you know, uh, what what changed and what clicked for you. There's so many. Like just just having that break there to think about it. Uh, there's so many things. So it doesn't matter how many times you you could like. There's something that 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 you really laugh at all the time or something that really cracks you up. You, you can't do that every single day. You know, you can't, mm. you can't have that same joke every day. You can't have that same program every day or that same person every day, you know, get into that place. So you have to find, yeah. So whenever people are talking about milestones, I noticed that a lot of people, whenever they hit a certain milestone, it becomes a thing. Um, uh, milestones can be very critical in one way and a bit of a a bit of a it's a stepping stone to the next part but it can also be a very critical time where people will have a slip because they think they've gotten to a certain part and they think they're good 
you know, it's like, oh, I've done my year, so now what? Or I've done three weeks, so I'm good now. You know, like, well, milestones can be a bit of a minefield sometimes. So I was never one for celebrating them. I've said this before. Uh, other people were celebrating mine, but now uh, the further I get, then the more more I more I sort of get away from that addictive side of me. The more I enjoy it, you know. So that's a different side to things as well. Like, so you're saying, like, so you'd pledge every day, whereas this, this, I think this time was a bit of a fluke, really. You know, I didn't set out to not. I just forgot, <laughs> and it worked. It kind of worked for me because then I forgot. Um, what I was like, you know, this is oh, really good. early listeners. I don't think you should sit out and forget, or maybe you should. He is quite unique, though. I've got to tell you, in a lot of ways. Trust me that, on that one. That is the thing, though, like you know, for what works see, for one work doesn't work for somebody else, and vice versa. It's whatever works, right? Exactly right. You know, like I know, like people who are doing AA. I have a lot of respect for people and, and uh, that do that course and follow that, follow the book. And I, I've had a lot of, like I remember talking about people before, and they're saying you've you've already done the steps, and like. But they're just in a different order, <laughs> you know. Not not one, two, mm. three, four, five. They're like right. nine, six, four, yeah. eleven, you know, and without knowing it. And um, but for me, pledging, I did. I I pledged every single day. And but the, I think it was the second time round that I had a a, a a decent run that that was really really difficult. Like the second time trying to do it, like you know, when I got like I done the fifty six days. Whenever whenever I done the sixty three, it was harder. It was harder the second time around because I just wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't, I wasn't getting anything out of it. I was beating myself up for you no know, slipping the first time, and you know all them anxiety issues and stress levels, and and so people look at me now and go, "Well, how do you deal with stress now? Then how how did you get to that point?" The the thing for me is whenever you find, whenever you have somebody who supports you one hundred percent and loves you to bits. Uh, like my wife or like you know someday someday out there I'll have someday a brother a sister an aunt and uncle someday just to, to be able to bounce off or a friend or somebody in the community or or a group or whatever and whenever you love somebody that much and you know that things have to change and but she had never asked me she had never said like she just like her my my, my family and her family still want that old guy back they still they would love it if I turned up and all of a sudden was this crazy maniac you know like you think I'm bad now you should have seen me whenever I was drinking but I guess a lot of people can say that and I used to I believed it I believed that I was the, the hype you know the whole the whole everything about me I thought kitten caboodle baby yeah and then I realized like I want to tell you right so that's the story right so I was in Tenerife with my wife and it was my birthday and uh We'd, we'd seen the holiday rep in the morning and he was saying, you can go here, go this place, go this place. And um, he says, if it's your birthday, I said, oh, well, I, I, we planned this trip by my birthday. He says, when's your birthday? And I, I was like, right. he says, right, okay, on your birthday, I'm going to plan, when I just say to the whole the hotel, who wants to go on a pub crawl with you and your wife? And I was like, that's okay. And about 30 people turned up. These people had no idea who half <laughs> And it's about 10 or 11 in the morning. And we're doing the conga, the whole... Da, 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 da. Yes, I, yep, yes. We're down in the hotel bar. We've done the first shot and away we go. And 
I remember, like, that's how long ago it was. Remember that air song, Who Let the Dogs Out? Oh, Who yes. Who Let the Dogs Out? <laughs> all that. Yeah, we yeah, doing, yeah. You just let me in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were, well, I could have done Let My Dog Out after that yeah, part. I was just going to say. We were we were singing all this. I went to the first bar and the second bar, third bar, and every time I went in, I had to down a, dr- a different drink because it's my birthday. And I remember I got to this bar and I was I was like four p.m. in the afternoon. We've been dry drinking all day, all all morning, and into the, the the afternoon. And there was these steps. There was like five or six steps that led up. And he said, right, everybody has to stand across these steps. And it's man, woman, man, woman, man, woman. We're like, right, okay. And this barman comes out and he's all these shots and these, these beers. He sets the shot down and he sets a, sets a bottle of beer down beside it. And he's like, right, okay, Lee, you're going to go first. And whatever way you want to do it, but whoever's last out of the line has to take off an item of clothing. I'm like, okay. I'm standing there in a t-shirt and shorts. This is Tenerife. I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to be caught out. And I'm looking down there and my wife's wearing like a short skirt and a top. She's looking at me going, why don't I be last? And so I thought, well, if I do the beer first, because that's going to take the longest, then I can do the shot. So I done it that way. And then people, you've seen people, the last person that was to take, take clothes off. And it was like to get absolutely starters, somebody had to lose. And I remember I had to take my top off at one point because other people were losing and it was like, they just wanted to do anything to try and do this. And I'm looking down the line, my wife had to take, she was going to have to take her top off and I'm like, oh no, oh no, not in front of everybody else. Not fun anymore, yeah, no. But she had the smart idea, she would take her bra off underneath. So she didn't have Uh to take it. She took that off and I went, well, if you lose again, you're in real deep trouble, you know? So we played this on, and then the girl beside me, she lost, and she was like, she had nearly ever. The, the guy turned around and said, Look, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll save your dignity down there. But she had the boobs out never. And I'm trying not to look, because my wife's down there. I'm on holiday. It's a good birthday, but it's not going to be that good if I get a black eye. So I'm trying not to. So yeah, that's the lady next door. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. well, they weren't that big, but anyway, I didn't see that much. So I. I remember it was another guy's birthday, so we had to down the, the, everybody got off the steps, just me and him, and all the girls were all shouting, get them off, get them off, and all that and the guy, and I'm going, oh God, and I'm standing there, so I had already my top off, and I threw my top, and it hit the bar sign, so it was hanging, and I was like, how am I going to get that down? I can't get my top back. So then, <laughs> I had to drop my, I had my shorts off, I was sitting, I had my boxer shorts on, and my wife's standing going, oh, God, he's just going to go. The whole, I know him. He's just going to sit, go for it. He's not going to care. So I remember just to hide my dignity, I put my genitals into a pint glass and turned around so that everybody could see my bum. And I like nobody's going to see me. And th- I forgot that these steps, you know, like these, these steps led up to somewhere. It was a restaurant. And people were having their dinner. And there's me. We know with, it was getting served. And I'm standing there with my sausage and a glass. <laughs> and I'm wondering why everybody's in uproar given that all this. Uh, oh my God. And, no. Whenever we think, like, did you have a really good time? Uh, no. Did everybody laugh at me? Sure. Yeah. I was the, yeah, I was the butt of all jokes. <laughs> Unknown pun intended. Yeah. But I and what done, if they serve for lunch? 
um, chapalas. <laughs> I was going to say. Or cocktail sausages. Uh, yeah, wieners and mash, yeah. But we had like I I would have been I was that I was that person I I remember I I was with a, a girl before we went to Ibiza, and uh, I remember that whenever she was packing the suitcase, you know the big fluffy slippers you buy like big dinosaur slippers. I snuck them into the suitcase to take them on a, on a sunny holiday in Ibiza, and I'm walking mm. down steps, and I had American boxer American flag boxer shorts at this time. I walked down the stairs at like three or four in the morning with these big fluffy slippers on, and I shouts to the guy behind the bar, "I want some chips." Oh <laughs> I God! Somebody, and they're all like looking at me, going, "That's and, and I didn't, I didn't take drugs. This is just alcohol." So yeah, I was a rocker. I was a total nutcase, and uh, but I look, I look back at them sort of times. And that's why, like, whenever I say to you, we're having this conversation. Whenever I listen to all the music that I listen to, and I'll go, I'll go here, there, and everywhere. You know, I look back and I say to myself, "Did I really have a good time?" I can't even remember half the time. You know what was going mm. on. And mm. It's sad because I could have had the time in my life in a different way. And so, whenever you're asking me, like, you know, what changes? Like, you grow up. You start to grow up. You know, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sad that some of us do. Well, I don't think I have because they say, right, when you're drinking, that you you stop, like, you stop, your brain stops growing and everything. And I swear, I still think that I'm like a child at heart, like, I'm still a teenager at heart. And I think I probably always will be. I guarantee you, like, I I remember saying to somebody, like, so this is for, like, for all all the men that listen to this and. You know, they say that, you know, they act a certain way or, you know, they maybe drank too much or, you know, they took things for granted and stuff. And then you, if you're, especially if you say you're a single man and you go out and you see the way it's depicted in the news now, it's like, so in the UK especially, you'll, uh, there's places like Newcastle and, you know, and the girls go out and they get absolutely slaughtered. And you see them in the streets and they're lying and they're, you know, they've had, they've had their mm. height off and, you know, they're... Yeah, yeah, they but, don't look as pretty as when they walked yeah, in, that's for yeah. sure, yeah. So, like, so whenever my boys are growing up, I'm going to say to them, like, I have a lot to to give them now. And I know that, that at some point, like, my twins are 14 now, and I know at some point they might they might turn around, they'll have a conversation with me, I'm for sure. And I'd be saying, well, that, that, this is not what I would do now. But they might get, they they might grow up and they might try and you know there's nothing I I'm not I can't I can't stop them for I can't I can't look after them when they're 21, 25, when they're 30, 24, right. 7. So but I, I will be that person that uh, will always listen. But what I'll say to my boys is if they're if they start dating, whenever that may be, and I start losing all my hair, uh they you know, for the the especially the guys that are listening to this. If, whenever you think back and you're you're out and you're trying you're trying to get a date and you see like a woman who's uh, totally loaded like just totally drunk, you think you've had a really good time and did you find that sexy or appealing or attractive really? Because I'm sure the girls whenever you see a drunken man like running about and acting like a you know an, a nutcase. There's no way you would. There's no way that you would go for that type of thing if you were so. If you're 100 percent sober, nobody gets up in the morning and says, 
I'm going to drive tonight because I've had 10 pints. Nobody gets up thinking that. It just ends up that way because of alcohol. Nobody, so now whenever I, you know, if I was like, if I was single and I seen a woman coming out of a, a bar, you would automatically think that she was drinking. But if that's somebody who's sober and she looks like really, really good and healthy and, you know, she's walking out there and she's owning it and she's like, you know, there's a difference. And I that's what I see. I see people now, I see women with a glow on their face. They've changed. They're looking after themselves. They're fixing their hair. They look so attractive. Do you know what I mean? In a, in a really, really good sense of the word because they're looking after themselves. And mm. me being raised by two women, I'm all for women looking at, I've always done that. I've always, like, always say, like, to my wife, I always say, like, you're, you're so beautiful and you're looking, she's looking after herself. I've always been that type. But, especially in our group, you know, I'll, you'll not see me say something like, I'll never ever say something like uh, sexual to anybody. I'm not that, and I'm not that, that, I'm not that type. But, um, I always like to beg up women that are, you know, maybe a little bit insecure about themselves or, and I think that sobriety does that. I think that sobriety brings a passion back into women. I think it can make their self-esteem rise up again. I think their insecurities and stuff like that. And that's the same for men. So mm. like, by listening to this, once you get, you get to a certain stage where you think, okay, well, I've given up drinking now. now. Now I can work on this problem. I can work on that problem. And I'm, I'm always saying the same. And the funny thing is, whenever you start to lift somebody up and you say, you look really good today, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be sleazy. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be, you know, I can turn around and I can say to you, you look incredible today. And you're going to say, thanks very much, mate. I really appreciate that. And then you'll say something back, like, well, you know, if you shave that beard off, it might take 10 years. <laughs> or I'm going to say, is your eyebrow up or down? Quite <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you look really good today, baby. Get over yeah. here. You know, like, oh, yeah. you really look good. You really look good today. It's all in the tone of your voice. It really is. And I said there are people, and I used to be one of them, that can say things and get away with it. It's the way you say it. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's so many there's so many people. That's that's one thing that I'm really proud of is being a man, and I have so many like girlfriends that are on or grip and on IAS and the bonds that I've made and people still turn around and say, Hey, big bro. And I'll say, Hey sister and stuff like that. Mm. That's the way we are. And I appreciate all the, all the things that they do and all the different relationships that they have. And I never really talk about relationships because I've given advice to people, you know, who, who want it. But whenever it comes to relationships, it's so, it's so problematic and so different and so, uh, there's so many um, people who have a problem one minute and then it's so easy fixed mm. but because of the drinking culture like I'm really lucky because my wife doesn't drink that much but whenever she does and she overdoes it I'm like like I actually apologise to her because I thought well if I put you through like all the time she had to put me to bed mm -hmm. it's kind of mm -hmm. bad, you know so now like as I say it's all about trying to find the fun and the the sexiness, the the bizarres, if you might call it. Like, I want people to, it doesn't matter what age you are, you can still come out of your shell and you can still be that confident person that alcohol takes strips of you. It does. It just, it, just, it strips everything away. And not, don't strip away everything like I did in Tenerife. <laughs> you know? well, I, was just, I wasn't going to go there on that one. I was going to let you just, yeah, cover your... Uh, 
That's I was going to say cover your ass, and that was still not good. <laughs> but the thing I is, st- you were talking about being that showman, and I'm going to say this, that showman too, and maybe going out there full force at the start. You don't need validation anymore. The thing is, the longer you go in sobriety, you're more comfortable in your own skin. You're more authentic to who you are. I mean, and you're able to be a better friend. And you do have, you're very, very close to a lot of the women that are in our group. And you and Drifter and who, I don't know, the other. I don't really know many of the other guys, but the ones that I do know have not been especially you and Drifter, have never been disrespectful to any of the women in our group, as much as we joke around, and it does go to the edge, but even if something is said, we know the context within which it is said. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't doubt it. We're never uncomfortable. I'm not anyway, and I think I can speak for the majority of, you know, the SJs, the Webbies, you know, the No More Whinings, Rags, Polly... (laughs) You know, Karina, we, yeah, it's fun. You know, we have, we try and have fun with it. And that's really, it's just so important. And it's days that you don't even think about sobriety because we are doing and thinking about other things. It's, and then you go, oh, that's how I'm, oh, that's why I'm here. Because <laughs> I'm, yeah. you know, yeah. you don't forget it, but it doesn't become the major part of your day anymore. And other groups have got it too, I'm sure, whether you are on Discord, WhatsApp, or whatever you're on. You know, and it doesn't always have to be that, oh, God, we're doing this forever and again and we've got to do it for the rest of our lives and just enjoy it. Enjoy the journey, you know. And I've been trying to say that to a lot of people because you go through hell enough when you first start out, then you deserve to enjoy it. You'll become a better person. You'll just calm down. Everything will be all right. You'll like yourself even more and just get on with life, you know. Yeah, just just have fun, man. I mean, I know that you you do these interviews and I know that you get a lot out of them. Yeah. So I had, like, the one question I wanted to ask you is, like, what is it that, what was the, what, when was it or what was it that became really fun for you in this whole process? I'm not saying, like, whenever you find IAS or whenever you find a group, what was it that, you know, deep inside that you just thought to yourself, you know what, that this is, this has become like not maybe necessarily a weekly routine, but like a daily routine where something's just something ignites you that gets you up. And because you, you laugh a lot, you know, you, I, I hear your giggle and I'm like, that's infectious. I love it, you know. And I say, I always joke with, I do, I joke with uh, Laurie and, and Rags off our group because Rags is like Motley, like her laugh is like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, then Laurie has the snort laugh, so she'll go, <laughs> you know, and they're going to kill me for saying that. But there's something really, there's something about people laughing that's, that's so authentic, it's so real, and it just brings out their whole character. And that to me is gold dust, you know, it's just fantastic to hear. And then I know that for me, like I'm the butt of the jokes in our group, and I don't mind, I don't care, like I get the leprechaun, I get the the Lilo Lee loser, whatever the hell it is. You know, there's so many L's. I'm waiting for the love and I'm waiting for the, you know, I don't get that, <laughs> uh, you know, or lethal or, you know. Uh, hey, it, that's a good one. Hey, yeah, keep it, going. No, 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 please, you're feeding the beast. You know, Me. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's what I wanted to ask you. It's like, so what was it? What is it that sort of makes you tech now? 
you know what it is? I want to make a difference to the people out there and share with them what I have spent months just finding out and discovering. And I love, I just love seeing people become the best version of themselves. And I knew ages ago, I said this the other day that back in my mind, I, I was always saying to myself, you know, one day you're going to have to face this. I remember saying it to myself 15 years ago because in our family too, there has been addiction problems. And now this is my opportunity to, I treat it and don't take job the wrong way, but I put that many hours into it, that this to me is my volunteering, you know, service of giving back. That's what motivates me to do it. I have a lot, it gives me a lot of pleasure. And also the people, I mean, I was so isolated here. I have been away from home for a very, very long time. Now it's two and a half years. I lost both my parents. Um, and when my mum went, that devastated me. And I've, I isolated to myself to a point where I had a really good friend of mine who lives in Ohio. He said to me, Deb, you are such a people person. Just this is, you're not living the way you should be living. And he didn't even address anything about, he doesn't drink. He didn't address anything about my drinking, but I could see what he was getting to. And he's, he, it was almost like I've spoken to him about it since. And he said, it just wasn't you. And it's so true. It's, it was so true. I just was a shadow of myself and, and, and didn't enjoy anything anymore. And now I just embrace everything. And it's got to do with your attitude. El Webby said it yesterday, Our attitude is everything. If you come into this thinking it's going to be hell, oh my God, I, I was already at hell's door or hell's gates when I started. If you come into it with a bad attitude, it's going to be crap. If you come into it with a good attitude and surround yourself with good people, and we do need that connection, it is the most important thing. I could not imagine my life without you guys today because you are the only sober family that I have, the people from the group and the IAS community. I don't know anybody else except my sister, and she's not here. I don't have anybody. I haven't eyeballed anybody and had a cup of coffee with someone, and I can't tell you how long. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, so this is everything to me. I thought it was really cool. Like whenever you see the people on IAS or or group or 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 on Sober Town, and you see like people meet up. Like for me, living in Ireland, I don't. There's I don't. I think there's maybe one other person that I used to that that was on IAS that was from here. Um, you know, I know there's lots of people from the UK, and uh, I always I always thought that was like the coolest thing. You know to actually see my friends meet up. I'm like, I so want that so badly because whenever you've spent this amount of time and you you genuinely feel as though you know them inside out, you're just like, okay, enough of this pandemic. I want to get out there and I just want mm -hmm. to embrace, like, even if it's only for an hour, you know, if I have to travel, like, yeah, I know, I know I'm know i going to the UK, but... I know I've I've been planning to go over to America for a, a couple of times now. Um, I've said it before, and then pandemic, and I know that the gates as well. Apparently, in the gates in America uh, are going to be opening again in November, hopefully. Um, but uh, to be able to book it at some point and to be able to say, right, okay, I'm heading back over and flying three thousand miles 
over across the water and being able to spend time with my family, my kids uh, in sunny Florida and then meet people that have genuinely changed my entire life will be like, it's, it's, it's in my thoughts every day, you know, mm. it, and I know I see you and, and Rags and Molly, who's another person who's on our group. I know that I can, I'm lucky because I can do a Zoom call and I can see face to face and stuff like that. But you're, you're right, it's that connection. There's nothing like that connection. And then for you to actually have met people that are, I, I, don't, I don't say this lightly, heroes of mine, like people turn around and say legends, that I'm serious when I say this, I'm deadly serious. You, you are all heroes of mine. And it doesn't matter what, if you're on week one or one year or 10 years, I've spent so much time and you have made it so much easier for me, made it a platform for, for me to be me and to have fun and to tell stories and to, you know, not take life too serious, but take your sobriety serious. That mm -hmm. has been the, the main thing for me, to have fun. And I shared things about my mum. I've had my mum on, you know, I've recorded mm -hmm. my mum. I've shared it with the group. Everybody thinks she's great. You know, when we have this, we... Um, you know, everybody says hi. And it just, you know, you, for my mom who lives in her own and has went through all this, she, she even said hello to you before we've done this recording. Um, I know. Yes, you actually stopped me, and which I absolutely was love that you did and, and called your mum beforehand. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, well, and, I, and what did I say to you when you said, I said, oh my God, just it's just so beautiful to hear a son say that to his parents, you know, to his mum. I mean, like, that's. That's everything right there. That's what you live for. That's what I was saying. It was like the one, the one word that brings everybody together is love. And like whenever I say I love, uh, I love you, mom, or if I turn around the group and I say I love you guys, it's I, I mean it. It's right. It's right. It's right here. It's right in the heart. You know. And it's I, I couldn't have said this a year and a half ago because mm. I would have been blubbering mess. You know, mm -hmm. because my emotions would have been all over the place and I've been crying. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. Yeah, it was a different, it was a no, different cry. Yeah, oh, I, I loved could, everybody. Don't worry with the skin. Yeah, I, couldn't, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. Now I am like, I love you guys and I love you so much and you just bring so much to the table. And that's another thing that sobriety has brought me. I, I can say it and mean it and know that I'm getting all that back. And I've learned so much from everybody. And it doesn't matter, as I say, it doesn't matter what age you are. Um, from if you're so, there's a lot of younger people in that community that are far brighter and smarter, smarter, and you know than me, and they have a lot to offer, but they just have this addiction that's 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 holding them back. And then you have a lot of older people who are wise, and but they're funniest. They're funniest hell. Like they're they're so hilarious, and. Um, whenever they get sober the, the, all the chains is unleashed and they're coming out with all these things I, would, I wouldn't even dare to say I'm like oh my god did they just say that and they're like yeah I don't care I'm old who's going who's gonna to arrest me now and I find it hilarious that all these the barriers are being broken down and you can just be your authentic self and you were always that happy inner child and a lot of things a lot of people talk about their child, childhood and you know a lot of bad things happened and you know, and that, that doesn't have to be the rest of your life. That doesn't have to be what cements your destiny and all this. 
you can be what you want to be at any age. You just have to, you have to believe in yourself. You have to surround yourself with people who want to know about you, want to get to know you, ask them questions. There's not a point, there's no point in me sitting here and talking about myself all, all the time and they're not asking you that question because that's what I do. I, I like to know. I like to hear what, what makes other people tick because there's no point in me taking it all and then just thinking, oh yeah, I'm Mr. Big Bollocks who knows everything. You know, it doesn't care about everybody else. But yeah, I do. I just, uh, I, and I, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Never, you, this is what you do best, you know, and it's a credit to you. I love, I mean, I can sit and talk to you all day. You know, it's easy. easy. <laughs> Thank you. I, I miss it. I miss it. I used to talk to people all day, every day. That was my profession. And, you know, people fascinate me. That's what makes the world go round. Not materialistic things for me. Yeah. Um, I've had all that, but without connection, I've realized even more so in COVID. And, and it was funny because I discovered both in COVID, I was drinking the most maximum amount of alcohol ever. And I stopped in COVID at the same time too. So, you know, I, you don't, I really don't know what we're going to see come out of COVID, to be honest with you, with the consumption that's been going on and people being, you know, just locked up in their own homes. And in fact, Melbourne, Australia, my hometown, it's now been the most locked down part of COVID in the whole entire world. They just overtook, I think it was, you know, Spain or Istanbul or somewhere. But yeah, Melbourne's been locked down longer than anybody else. So, uh, and people aren't happy there, you know. It's, it's, yeah. it's difficult, but we've got to get back to normal. We've got to live life. We've got to embrace each day because tomorrow's not guaranteed, is it? None of us no. is. And, you know, we talk about the love word and all that. And I, it's not a word I throw around lightly. I just don't. And again, because I, I've got that trust, all the elements are there to love somebody, to make that, you don't know how else to express it in the end. You can tell someone they're so fantastic for so long. But people, the, the bond that you have with other people and bond that other people have with each other, it's all different, but one of the same. And nobody can replace that. I can't replace what you have with, say, Rags or the other ladies in the group or your, you know, your wife or your kids or whatever else. But there's a place in everybody's heart, just a little bit for everybody. You know what I mean? And yeah. so that's what I'm embracing now. I just think everybody's got something fantastic to share and to give. And, and it's true and it's honest and it's real. And that's all I care about. I always... I could never do BS. I never will. And I just don't think that apart from the very, 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 very minor few people that I've come across, most of the people have been just fantastic and gold, really, and always prepared to put a hand out and say, you know what, I'll help you, brother, or I'll help your sister. Well, I know, I know a drafter had said, say our group up, and that, like, I know that he had said before, like, most of it was sort of centred around me because he knew that was the kind of thing that I needed. And that was really cool for, for him to say that. Honestly, yeah. like, wow. And then, like, there's there people on there that I I, hadn't, I I didn't know, you know, and I've gotten to know them and I, I count on them as friends and they, they listen to me and that's vice versa and it's, it's so cool. So I know that uh, with uh, No More Whining, that it was on the same... Uh, timeline is me and we spent a lot of time you know uh the sober journey that we and, me and her has been on she means the world to me and um i know that uh with a webby that um she has been somebody that i've gotten to know 
uh, over the last few months since the group was made. Um, she's fantastic. Like she brings a lot of energy to our group. And there's like there's lots of people that there's some people that are on the group that don't that really post a lot. You know, they just you know they, maybe they just want to listen in each day, and that's totally cool. It's totally fine. The thing with me and Rags was it's always been the same. Like people always say, whenever I listen to her story, and uh, whenever um, what well, I I've shared this before, but whenever my mother in law died on nine eleven, it was it just happened to be the date. And whenever Rags's um, husband's brother uh, died in nine eleven, that was yeah. just a day we both had something in common with, and right. that was what that we talked about on IAS. So whenever you're you're starting off and and starting with sobriety, and then I'd got I, I'd been going through all these resets, I didn't really know her that well. All of a sudden, we've got this thing in common, and that's how that's how. So from something that was really dark for both of us, yeah, really time we've become the best friends. And yeah. I, I have, that, that's what I would say to all the new people that are starting an IAS. So you're on the first day and you're on the, you, you've got maybe 30 or 40 people all starting at the same time. And you go along at the same time and you find out their names, you add them to your group, you follow each other. And before you know it, you know you've got like five or six friends that develops only 12, 20, whatever. And somebody does a week, somebody does a fortnight, and then somebody has a slip. But you stay in, you stay in touch. So the, all these ones that maybe have reset lots of times, somebody gets to nine months, doesn't matter, because you're still, you've, you've had that initial, you were there for that same reason, that connection. And other people will find it more difficult. And for me, like some people probably look up to me now and think, like, no, like, I know what I'm doing. And it's really, really good. But it, I, I still look in at day one, people, and because it's a reminder of where I, where I all all began. Mm. I think they call it now. But with me and Rags, it was like it came from such a uh, a hard place. And then whenever it came to nine eleven, I thought it was going to be really, I thought it was going to be really really hard this time around. Because I remember that her husband was away, and I knew that I had to go to my mother in law's grave, and it was like five years since she passed, and she died of alcoholism, and it was. Uh, I'm not going to say it was easy because, you know, you, you still, you're still sad, but it was easier, mm. you know, because we had each other to, to talk about. You know, we, we were able to, you know, and the whole group was behind her. Do you know what I mean? Everybody was saying, mm -hmm. you have a difficult time. And it wasn't just me. It was everybody in that group were saying, look, you know, you're going to be okay. But she was really like, she got through this stage and it was like, like she just knew that she was uh, it was a hard time but she, she was getting through it and she was sober and I remember whenever it was like several months ago and I remember having a chat and there was no there was no group thing you know it was just all through IAS and I remember whenever there was first Zoom Zoom meeting and the first time I got to meet my friend that's why the Zoom things were so good it was so cool yeah. to actually see I know right yeah, you see faces and names like, come together yeah. Hi, how are you doing? And then she was able to see this not an Irish man. But um, <laughs> whenever whenever that whenever that bond now the, the the funny thing about now is like now she just passed her six months. I know that seven months was her thing, but something's changed. Something's like you no know, I have this thing where I'm saying like, oh I'm the master, I take I teach everything because I'm joking and she's like the grasshopper and she'll always joke with me, but she gets it now. 
that's the that's the thing. So she'll she'll listen to this and she'll know what I'm about to say. So whatever I said as a lifestyle choice, that just that just clicked. She was like, I have a really good lifestyle. I you know I have a loving husband and kids and and you know I'm back to work and like you no, know, what do I have to grumble about? You know, I have the sun shining on my face every day in Florida. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, you know I, I can moan about all these other things, but what's the one thing that's really held me back? What's the one thing that I always had to do? It was like, I always had to have that shot, that glass of wine. Now she doesn't have to have that. She's bubbly. And like everybody else, we'll have her down days and we'll come on to the group and we'll, we'll, mm. we'll cry and we'll be sad. But whenever you show that side, that emotion, whenever you share that, whenever people on there, like no more whining comes on and she says, I've had a really, really hard time. We're all, we're a group hug mentality. And we're like, right. we can do the more days that everybody in that group gets, the, the numbers don't lie. The numbers do not lie. We're getting That's bigger right. numbers. And we're so growing together. Yeah. Working. And it's that community aspect. And it's like, we're going here to talk about fun, but I've had fun talking about this subject because it means so much to you. It means so much to me. It means so much to our friends. We love them all. And the best bit about it is, we're sober, we're having fun, we're playing our music and embracing life, and we're going through a pandemic. So can you imagine whenever things start to get back to normal and you can start to do these things and like even have more fun? That's what I, that that's what, that's what makes me smile anyway. Yeah, look, <laughs> to get up in the air, and it's going to be interesting the first time I hit an airport and get into a plane. But I think I'm going to handle it, you know, because I don't have the anxiety that I had when I was drinking. Yeah. So, Mr. Pilot, go for your life. If we go down, we go down. It's all good. And a part of that is letting go and just being like, I'm so much, I'm just grateful for the day. And I don't try and control anything anymore. And I just, I manage things, but I don't control. There's a difference, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's again, it's getting back to your attitude. If I look at it this way, whatever, sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, good old Doris Day, the pilot's got it in control. Um, I won't tell you one story that a, that a pilot told me once, but he scared the life out of me. But, you know, that's the thing. How many times have I flown around, around the place? A lot. And has anything ever happened? All right, bad turbulence here or there, rough landings, but no, I'm still here. Well, no, the chances are you're safer up there. And so logic prevails these days with me, not just panicking over every little thing. And, and you, as I said, those bonds will not be broken. It does not matter if people go away for a while and come back into the groups. You know, we welcome with open arms. There is no judgment. There's pure acceptance. And it just feels really good for anybody who has always had difficulty fitting in. And I was a lot of the time, I don't know, maybe just out there on my own. And a lot of people used to say to me, oh, you're so unapproachable. I'm like, me? Unapproachable? Are you kidding? But obviously at the time, they were the vibes that I was giving off. And I particularly get it from men. Oh, no, 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 we weren't going to come near you. Hell no. If, if they ex expected a snack across the chops, although I have been known to, anyway, that's another story. But, you know, and I thought, again, like you look at yourself, it's, a, it's like the way that we look at ourselves and the way others look at us and the way we really are can be totally, totally different. So before we wrap it up, there's a couple of things I've got on my little list to do. We are going to leave you listeners with um, some song suggestions. 
and recommendations. Is there anything else you want to add for now? Because we could come back and do this again and again. And yes, we could talk all day. Um, but you probably got to go and see the family and the dogs and do other things. So do you want to say anything else before we say no, no. ciao? I think the one thing that when, whenever I do these and I sort of, whenever I told my story, I didn't realise that I would, I would impact as many people. And you kind of forget whenever you've done your story, it's out there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. I, I do listen to, I've listened to quite a lot of the podcasts and you, no, nobody they the the best thing about the podcast is you can listen to this on your way to work, or you can take a break and you can listen to the snippets you know of each part. And if something really resonates with you and you can connect with that person on that on the IAS, that's amazing because you can get direct uh, question and answers from yeah the on that story. So, right. like, I'm, as I say, I, I'm really lucky because I have a really the, the best friend I could have, and I can talk to her and say, "Okay, um, that was powerful, and do you want to talk about anything?" And that's what we do. And then it's the same for me. The thing is with relationships and with the with the the men that I've become friends with that I never thought I'd ever be friends with certain people, you know, because they see me as a certain way. You just never judge a book by its cover. You just really don't. That's the one thing. Like, you didn't really know what to expect from me. Drifter didn't really know. And I, and all, all, the, all the while I'm oblivious to all this, I don't really know. I, I, I don't really know what other way to be whenever I'm on IAS. And whenever you're on there, if you writing something down is totally different from being able to look at somebody in the eyes and being able to explain yourself. So my advice would be whenever you write something down, um, if somebody sort of takes offence to it, don't don't let that determine what your writing style's like. You know, you don't like what you're not you're not you're not going on that platform to offend anybody. You're not writing just any old thing. I just started putting up a lot of songs lately because it's easier for me. Um, if I was if I post a song up or if I have for something to say, I'll do it. But I do know that for if I wrote something and fifty people read it. There's going to be 40 people that will understand it now, and there'll still be 10 people that just don't get it. You know, that's mm, just the those mm. were it's human nature. That doesn't that's not bad on their part, it's not bad on mine. It's just a difference of opinion. And um, if you get your head out of your ass and you realize that everybody has opinions and everybody's opinion does matter. We don't really talk about politics, we don't talk about the world affairs and stuff like that. Mm -mm. We just we just want to Artist stuff and most people on IAS will just talk about alcohol all the time. Whenever it comes to Zoom meetings, you know what I'm like. Somebody will say, "Here's here's what the subject is," and I go, "Sorry, what?" <laughs> I just go off from one. <laughs> I just change it. But that, I think that'd be the advice to have for for newcomers. Just try not to be too nervous. Like everybody knows exactly what you're going to go through. Um, but just try and find something that'll make you smile. And if it's a song. And it's going to be one of the songs that you list, especially yours, because yours are better than mine. Then that's that's all that matters to me. Yeah, look, that's really sweet. And I mean, you know, never ever give up, guys. Just learn as much as you can. Learn what works for you, and just keep keep trying. The support is out there. The friendship is out there. The connections are out there. And Zooms are a great way to go. 
Um, you know, you can do them from the comfort of your own home. And eventually, I'm hoping one day, and I said this, if I won Lotto, I would do a world conference and get everybody together and pay for everybody just to come to one central location. That would be that would be like heaven on earth, as Belinda Carlisle says. Well, I've got some really, 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 I don't know, pretty bad jokes here, but I'm going to, I'm going to just read them out anyway. <laughs> okay, the first one is, I used to be addicted to Thanksgiving leftovers, but I had to quit cold turkey. I mean, I'm sorry, I was laughing even before I finished. <laughs> yeah, I told you they're going to be pretty rank. They're gonna, I didn't say they were going to be funny. But two recovering addicts decided to write a song together. They couldn't get past the first two bars. <laughs> He's not even smiling. He's still smiling a little bit. I didn't write these, by the way, listeners, and we might even have to cut all this out. Why do recovery addicts make good bankers? Because they have a lot of experience with withdrawals. <laughs> I, could, I could really go on with that one, but I won't. And what do you call a sober Irishman? A liar. <laughs> uh, I, I got a giggle in the end. I got uh, a giggle in the end. And we came up with our top five songs. And there's an extra one in there. Number one from my friend Lilo, Jimmy Eat World, Bleed America. Number two, we agreed on, New Sensation, In Excess. Good old Aussie band. Number three, Love is Fire, Freya Writings. Number four, love this song, Second Chance, which we all have, one third and a fourth and maybe a fifth, Shine Down. Number five, and this one is from, it's pretty daggy and pretty cheesy, but you know what? It's kind of cute. Top of the world, The Carpenters. And Cal, uh, Karen Carpenter died too young. She had a beautiful voice. Number six, I'm dedicating this to the man who we have talked about a bit today, who has done so much for the um, people of IAS, developing Sobertown um, and putting it together. I know we have a fantastic team, and I just want to say thank you to everyone that contributes. We will be doing a lot more work. We're growing at a rate of knots. I'm, I'm just honoured and so thrilled to be a part of this. And his selection was Here I Go Again, White Snake. Listen to the words. It will resonate. And on that note, I just want to say, oh, my God, it's been such a pleasure. I want to do this again. Um, we are a bit of a Kathy Chatties, you and me, and we could go on forever and a day. And this is our first together. So thank you for that. And it's been an honour. It's been an honour getting to know you. And I'm just so happy that we are in a group. And you are surrounded by a lot of females and a lot of love in the group and and on IAS and it's just been a joy. Yeah, thank you. And next time, can you have the dog actually there? Then, then she will be happy and she'll just be with dad and she'll be okay. Bring the kids, bring the wife. They can all just be on the Every, next podcast. Bring everybody. Bring the mama and bring them everybody. Yeah. Bring no, everybody in. Really, really, really cool. The Jimmy Eat World song is the middle, by the way. It's not Bleed American, just for your information. <laughs> You're what is to be... it? What did it? Well, what did I get it wrong? Called Jimmy World the Middle. You said Bleed American. See, that's you. That's that's because you live in America now. You're getting everything all this research. You know what? It was five o'clock this morning when I wrote that down. Well, I, I apologise and I stand corrected. Yeah, there you go. That's a, See, that's a really... raw and unedited. That's what this podcast I, is all about. I, that's a really, really, really cool song. The lyrics are perfect. But that's that's all that stuffed up. <laughs> this has been a joy. Thank you so much for your time. No, no. Thank you, mate. And uh, next time I'll get the songs right. My apologies on that. And listeners, please pour that poison down the sink. Go to Sober Town Podcast. Have a look around. 
We hope it helps. You're not alone. And I will see you next time or I will hear you or you'll hear me next time on these podcasts. Have a great day and God bless. Say bye. Bye.